So let's get on with it. What's up, guys? It's Saturday, February 29th, Leap Year 2020. And how y'all doing? This is FritzCast. This is actually the first time I'm doing a FritzCast with video and, and trying all the stops out. I've got this new software, so I'm trying it out. Um, you know, the office is a little bit of a mess, but that's what happens when you live in a tiny house like me, my wife, and my young daughter do. So it can't be that big a deal. I've never had to prep for that thing, that kind of thing before. So, so cut me some slack. Cut me some break. Um, the reason why this is the first ever video edition of the Fritzcast is uh, I put a poll out a, a while back, uh, last week or so, and I asked uh, if you guys wanted the uh, the podcast uploaded to YouTube and if you wanted it just audio only. Or audio and video, and a bunch of you wanted audio and video. I don't know why. I don't know why you want me to be on screen. I'm very. Uh, I've been doing the podcasting thing for four years now, almost five years, counting, getting pretty close to that. So every once in a while, I'm gonna have to stop and take a drink, um, and every once in a while, I might have to gather my thoughts. Because I'm used to sitting behind this microphone with not looking at myself on the screen, just just listening to myself. And now I'm listening to myself, I'm watching myself, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I really, I don't. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And there's probably those of you nerds out there who still are just on audio, and you're like, great, now I have to hear him talk about stuff. This this could be pretty cool, though. I've played around with the software. I can actually like integrate YouTube videos and things like that. So in, when I go to play uh, uh, news clips, little audio clips that that were strictly just audio for the for the podcast show, uh, now I can throw up some video and and it'll be interesting. You know, it'll be like a little dual action stuff. And then maybe since I'm starting to do the interviews and and getting that thing going. Uh, we might be able to do video interviews as well with, with people that, that I'm trying to get on the show. So that'll be great. Some of the snags that I'm still working on, obviously, the lighting doesn't look good uh, because my, my corner desk is jammed in between a, a window and a window. <laughs> so I've got natural light pouring in. Uh, I got to get, you know, some shades, some blockers for that, and then figure out how to install some, some lighting so it'll be good. Um, those are growing pains. I decided the same with the background here with, with, you know, a mess over here and a mess over here. You know, it's junk in the background. I started working on the wall. As you can see, it's the, it's the wall of candidates, man. A lot of them are libertarians, but we're working in other ones too. We have Andrew Yang. We have Tulsi Gabbard up here. I feel like a weatherman now, you know. South, southeast, uh, it's going to suck for you today, you know. Uh, Gary Johnson is probably the only actual yard sign I've had out. 
Uh, and Gene Truono, who is running for U.S. Senate here in Delaware, he's he's another sign that I physically had out. The rest of this is uh, I printed it. I'm not going to buy all these signs to throw up on my wall. Uh, and nobody has them out to steal. Not that I would do that. I would never advocate stealing somebody's yard sign. Uh, but if you picked one up on the side of the road um, that was just chilling there, I don't I don't see where that would be problematic. I really <laughs> I don't see where that would be a problem for real at all. Um, that's actually, that's actually how, uh, I used to get rally signs for, for other uses. You know, you'd find them on the street corner where people left them and you know, if they don't clean them up in enough time anyway, uh, uh they get in trouble, they get fined anyway. So at, at that point, nobody really cares if you're stealing them or not stealing anyway, it's been a hell of a week. I've been playing around with this, this software. It's OBS software. Uh, so it's my first time using it. I've, I've had to sit down and play around with it. I had to get the signs ready for behind me because we need some kind of politically backdrop, right? And I'm trying to cover all the bases, you know. Uh, I've got a Bernie Sanders sign to throw up there. It kind of makes me throw up in my mouth, but I don't want to put it, you know. But I'll put it up there. I got an Elizabeth Warren one, which even more so makes me want to throw up in my mouth. But I'll put it up there because it's supposed to be a clashing, you know, different political ideologies. We're all fighting over this stuff anyway, right? So that's 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 I think that's a good visual backdrop for the podcast and for everybody listening they're like, you know, great. He's talking about stuff and I can't see it. Well, you can. It's on YouTube now. You can watch it on YouTube if you want. If you don't want to watch it, you just want to be a nerd and download it on Apple or Spotify or Google or whatever podcast catcher you use. Go ahead and do that. I don't care. I'm just I, I'm doing this because I'm trying to evolve the program. And this seems to be one of the fronts that I haven't tried to evolve it in. So that you know that's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. Get used to it. And if you don't like it, don't tune in. I don't care. I, I really, I don't care. So I want to start with a little bit about FritzCast because this might be bringing in new viewers and uh, new membership, you know, what have you. That's really going to bother me. The sunlight shining down on my face. I should have put a blocker up there. Uh, but it was cloudy when I started this shit. So um, FritzCast, I started it in 2015. It was December 2015. My wife bought me. This very microphone that I'm talking into, it's a it's a blue snowball microphone. It's a it is a professional quality microphone. It's not a thousand dollars or whatever. It's uh, like sixty bucks if you want to go out and buy one. And uh, she bought it for me because I always talk about pod- podcasts, radio uh, broadcasting, and how I love this stuff. You know, I'm kind of nerdy like that. I've I've enjoyed this kind of uh, long form media since I was uh, in my preteen years which uh, you're talking back in the 2000s uh, for that. Uh, it's just something that I've always been interested in. And so that year for Christmas, she bought me this, and she said, hey, start a podcast. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I knew pretty much anybody could have a podcast. So I, I started diving into research. Uh, I, I got a, a website to host it. And ever since then, I've been doing a weekly episode. So this is this going back to... 2015 really you could call it the start of 2016 and I've been doing an episode every week um, politically speaking I, I, I again I was that nerdy kid who was talking about politics in in middle school and high school uh, for whatever reason so I wanted to talk about politics I wanted to talk about uh, current events things going on and and mostly I wanted to talk about 
the evolution that I took from being a, a you know a high school Republican you know <laughs> under George W. Bush and all that and how I transitioned from that to now I'm a uh, now I'm a libertarian ish kind of guy I say ish because the Libertarian Party just like just like your other two parties while it's different it still has its issues it still has its problem and its problems and, and the liberty movement online uh, can be both a great and terrible place just like the internet can be so uh, so this was to transition how I got into the liberty movement and more why libertarianism uh, and, and, and a more focus on that is a better idea that's how it started um, I've since evolved from from that a little bit um, for instance, I've actually voted in elections now for libertarian and third party candidates. I'm a very I'm a very heavy third party candidate supporter, um, and I think that uh, independent media like this, like uh, like many other fine programs, the Brian Nichols program, the We Are Libertarians Network, and just people that I've met on Twitter who who start up their own shows. Jessica Green, Anarchy Tours, uh, she has a show on on YouTube. Uh, that she does up for a podcast. Tweets by Brit. Brittany's going to be starting a podcast, guys. If you follow Tweets by Brit, uh, she's starting a podcast. Who doesn't have a podcast nowadays? If you don't have a podcast, what are you doing with your life? How do you even How do you even talk to people? How do you even do stuff? I don't even know. But that's how it started for me. And Fritzcast, when I when I initially started up, was was going to be you know, hey, let's let's have a libertarian purist haven. And I quickly found out, you know, that's dumb. That doesn't work. That doesn't reach out to people, and it doesn't connect with people. And slowly, my show evolved from building that echo chamber to, you know, hey, let's let's divvy the focus to more like, you know, I want to be able to have a conversation with people. I want to be able to talk to people, not just my own people, not just the people who think like me, not my own little echo chamber that I built up. But I want to be able to talk to somebody who's voting for Bernie Sanders, who's 100% staunchly in Bernie Sanders' camp, and thinks that that is the way to go. That's the person that I want to talk to because they're different from me. They believe that almost every talking point that Bernie Sanders has is an important talking point and is the way that this nation should handle it. And I am one of those people who maybe back uh, 10 years ago, you know, when they started sharing Bernie Sanders quotes about the Iraq war and how, you know, tax accountability and things like that, I, I, you know, let me just put it out this way. In high school, when I couldn't vote, I worked with the local Republicans here in Delaware and uh, I wanted George W. Bush to win in 2004. I know, crazy, crazy, great. Look, look at this. Yes. This is a whole roll of Bush Cheney stickers that I got after the 2004 election because they just needed something to do with it. I have them, and I don't like, you know, I can't. I have this as a staunch reminder of where I came from and to never go back there again. And I'm not. I'm. I'm not somebody who'd come up and say, you know, oh, I hate George W. Bush. He's the most evil man on the face of the planet. He wasn't. Wasn't a great president. <laughs> not by a long shot. But you know, I don't think he's—I don't think he's evil incarnate either. Uh, so if 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 you do, if you do, if you think that, and you think, wow, this guy's full of crap, it's just t- turn out now. It's fine. But if you want to hear the evolution story, 
it, it went from that. It went from, uh, you know, I was a door knocker, I was a sign waver, and this as, you know, a f- uh, 14, 15-year-old kid, however old I was in 2004, or, or the 2003 cycle for it, uh, staunchly against John Kerry, but I had not, you know, the, the, I didn't know about third party. I didn't know about libertarianism. I didn't know about any of that. All I knew is that, uh, uh, is what I did know and what I did, uh, the research and study and all that. And so at that time I was a Republican. Okay. 2008 election rolls along and I, I voted for Obama. Yeah. I voted for Obama. Sue me. Uh, because I bought into the hopey changey stuff, you know, I was like, that's a good message. It's hope it's change. It's different. It's what we need. And I wouldn't, I wasn't going to vote for John McCain and Sarah Palin. I wasn't going to do it. I couldn't bring myself to do it, uh, at all. So, uh, I, I didn't, I just didn't vote for McCain Palin. Okay. I voted for Obama after four years of Obama. I was really underwhelmed with, with where the nation was and, I had started a walk onto libertarianism. People had told me the name Gary Johnson. I knew the name Gary Johnson. And here's where libertarian purists go, Gary Johnson's not even a good libertarian to talk about. But it got me somewhat interested in the party. I'm so freaking sorry about the freak, about how half my face is completely whited out. Changes will come, and this is an evolution process. So just go with the flow and have fun. And for those of you listening on audio, it's because the sun is glaring down in my face from this freaking window. But this is stuff I should have thought about. Anyway, Gary Johnson and Ron Paul, too. Ron Paul was another big, you know, that was a big movement at the time. The Ron Paul, the Liberty Movement, getting all this, you know, interesting stuff. I remember Ron Paul and Gary Johnson being on the Republican debate stage. Because I watched the debates like that. So uh, it was walking towards that way, but I hadn't been sold just yet. So in 2012, I walk in the voting booth. I vote for Mitt Romney. Probably my lowest shameful point in voting ever. (laughs) Hands down. Voted for Romney. Uh, And when I left the voting booth and he lost, I really reflected. I really sat down and I thought, you know what? I went in that voting booth and I voted for somebody that I didn't even believe in. It was just that was the option. The option was, you know, go with Obama who hadn't changed much. The drone strikes, the the warfare, it was still going on. So if that was going on and Obama didn't end it, maybe Mitt Romney would. And that's when I took the full face dive into libertarianism, walking up to the 2016 election where I knew Hillary Clinton. Mm-mm. Wasn't going to consider Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump was looking to be the front runner, but everybody was still in that kind of vibe of this. This can't happen. It's not going to happen. It won't happen. But there was like 18 candidates that the Republicans had. There were 18 options. And Donald Trump still marched along week after week, primary after primary, caucus after caucus, winning, 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 winning. And then it came down to him and Ted Cruz, and I was really like, ah, you know. I was like, Ted Cruz has has a good point here and there, but he's really annoying as hell. He is. Now he's got a beard, he's kind of more tolerable. But I was like, I I don't know if I could even vote for either of those two guys. Uh, Once Rand Paul was out of the GOP primary, he was about the only one I was truly excited for. 
once he was out, I was like, well, I'm just going to watch the Republicans and watch the Democrats, but I'm, I'm, I'm with the Libertarian Party here. And I was getting into Gary Johnson and Austin Peterson especially, uh, and John McAfee, right, Brian of the Brian Nichols Show? Brian of the Brian Nichols Show. Isn't sure if I mispronounce names on purpose or if it's just because I don't know how to pronounce their names. But uh, I used to say John McAfee, and it really would piss him off. So that's for you, Brian, of the Brian Nichols Show or program. But it's really show. So I was getting into the libertarian candidates for that, and I was really, I was dead. I, I I was enthusiastic for... Gary Johnson. See, I'm not even sure how the camera works yet, but but Gary Johnson, I I did a couple different episodes praising Gary Johnson. I uh, did an episode endorsing Gary Johnson, and among other things, I was sharing clips from the Libertarian debates like Mad. Uh, at that time, in 2016, the Libertarian Party was was god awful at outreach and quality for these debates. Um, just for an example, and this is really cool, having the video program that you you listeners at home will be able to hear it. Uh, but if I pull this up, this is this is the screen that I can pull up and show you cool stuff. Um, here here right here that I have highlighted, and I'll pull it up is the LP twenty twenty debate. It's in the middle, so I do have to apologize here. It's Vermin Supreme. It's my first time using the software. I was not able to get the audio right. I fixed the audio on all the other clips though. Now you can see Wow. So I just wanted to show you an example of that and you've heard you heard in the audio there. Um it's it's better production that's a better production quality debate that you can watch right now uh for the Libertarian Party for the 2020 election season. But in 2016, they were awful. They were static camera uh, shot on a Sony Handycam with no kind of audio production whatsoever. It was just picking up what was in the stadium on a Handycam. It sucked. It was horrible. The best debate that was produced was by John Stossel. That was on Fox Business, a a channel that, you know, if basic cable and people have, like, some basic TV channels or whatever— Fox Business is probably one that that most that most people don't have. So I, I took audio clips from John Stossel's debate, and I did two episodes highlighting his Libertarian presidential forum that featured Gary Johnson, Austin Peterson, and John McAfee, uh, and, and shared them on my podcast. Because to me, I I'm I'm in this liberty movement. I want candidates that are independent, that are limited government, that are that stick to their true principles, not not like what you get in the Republican Party nowadays. You don't get that. And in fact, right now the Republican Party is is a ride or die MAGA re-election train. Uh, at any cost, at any cost necessary. The Democrats are the party that are essentially in my book anyway. This is the way that I see it. Promise you everything, promise that the government will take care of everything, and you won't have to worry about it. Which I think is just way too wishful thinking. Especially considering what the federal government does right now, what it has its hands in, and what it tries to manage 
and terribly, I might add. So that's what got me in this walk to liberty. And I know there's other Americans out there that are in a, in a similar situation. They're sitting there and they're wondering, you know, why should I vote for Donald Trump? Why should I vote for the Republican Party? And then there's others right now, in fact, the next subject that we're going into, who, uh, who say that the Democratic Party is, is very, very hypocritical in its messaging, uh, especially over how it talks about, you know, some of the buzzwords and talking points. Th- think about it uh, a little deeper. Uh, the Democrats tell you about how Donald Trump is a threat to our democracy, which everybody knows we're not an actual democracy. Uh, we're a kind of democratic republic, representative republic, whatever. It's not a direct democracy, which is a good thing. There's lots of things that are bad uh, that come along with the idea of direct democracy that I'm not going to go into right now. Perhaps it can be a future episode, uh, perhaps even with some guests, maybe with some dissenters of that opinion or, or what have you. But the Democratic Party talks about how Donald Trump and the Republicans, it's a threat to, to democracy. It's a threat to our democracy. Yet, right now, they're having a fight over superdelegates blocking Bernie Sanders from becoming the nominee. And everybody who's a Bernie Sanders fan should be pissed off at the DNC, but they also should be questioning why Bernie Sanders keeps going back to the DNC. Because he's not actually a Democrat. He's an independent, per se, but he comes to the Democratic platform to run for president because this game is rigged as a duopoly system. Oh my God, he said duopoly. Yeah, um, it is. It absolutely is. The game right now is us versus them. That's that's where America stands. And I think more and more you got people like me who say this is idiotic, this is dumb, this is counterproductive, and it's not getting us to where we need to be. And a lot of it hinges on the two-party system. A lot of it hinges on the fact that this is Democrats and Republicans. And now people especially, depending on how things go in the coming weeks, there might be a lot of defining things for America just within the Democratic primary process. Think about Iowa. All right, Iowa, the caucuses, they were a, uh, sorry for my language, shit show. Terrible organization, chaotic, uh, controversial, and, and, and that's just... That's just the tip of the iceberg. That doesn't even get into the layers of it. It's 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 lucky that Nevada went off without a hitch. My my episode last week prior to the Nevada caucuses was actually about the 2016 Nevada caucus process, which also was a boondoggle in its own right. It was it was another chaotic mess that was heavily heavily criticized. It's not this year because Bernie Sanders organized and got his people out there and. and took it by storm. He took the Nevada caucuses by storm and walked away with it. But they also had things this year like uh, early voting and ranked choice voting instead of actually going and attending caucuses, uh, which is it's a different story altogether. The Iowa caucuses, you have to go, you have to attend, and it is a mess, as evident from 
how it went down this year, really caucuses should be done away with, and that's another conversation that we could have. Uh, and it's something that I will say for another episode of FritzCast. Because there's just too much information that we could dive into with that, and there's a lot of different alternatives that we could come up with. But the the the, the home run point here, and I hope I'm not doing my Joe Bidenisms so much. I am from Delaware, so it's a Delaware thing. Uh, the point is, the process is heavily coming into question, and you have people like Mike Bloomberg coming into this race, having done little to no legwork at all. All Mike Bloomberg does is piss money away, and that's why probably twice now during this video uh, on YouTube, you've probably seen a Mike Bloomberg ad. Uh, or you go on to Twitter, you go on to Facebook, you get a Mike Bloomberg ad. That's that's life now because he's got millions of dollars and he pisses it away on viral internet ads and memes and, and videos and stupid stuff like that, which hasn't been effective in translating to votes at these primaries or caucuses. Uh, but it's effective because guess what? Twice now, he's been on the Democratic debate stage even when I think he's not polling that hardcore. Uh, but I could be wrong. I it's I haven't checked the polls in about two weeks. I'll be honest with you. Uh, but the, the money factor is there. And now there's, there's stories coming out about how uh, Democratic superdelegates might try for a brokered convention to keep it away from Bernie Sanders. And they don't care if it burns the party to the ground in doing it because Bernie Sanders is more dangerous than allowing the people to put up Bernie Sanders as the nominee. This is very echoing of 2016 when everybody said, oh, the, the, this, this process is rigged against Bernie Sanders. Uh, even me, a guy who doesn't uh, believe everything Bernie Sanders tells tells you, uh, or I don't believe that his method or his, his way is the best way, uh, I still think it's an unfair process to the guy, but at the same token, he marched onto the Democratic platform not being a Democrat. This is the second time he's done it. He knows that they don't like him. He knows that they've rigged the game against him in the past. And, and now you could even suggest are rigging the game against him currently. And to me, that's just, that's the definition of insanity. You know this, you know they're not going to play along and you think that you can just build up the grassroots movement and that will walk it the way that you want it to walk. That's the that's the plan with Bernie Sanders. That's the process with Bernie Sanders. It was never about him doing anything. It was about him mobilizing masses of people to do it instead. So maybe it's part of the strategy. I don't know. But speaking of superdelegates, sorry, I'd be a bit more organized. But again, this is the first time I'm playing with this stuff. Uh, the last two debates, uh, very interesting points have come forward because uh, in the last two debates the democrats really did drop the boxing gloves and started fighting each other they started picking on each other especially uh maybe even as much as three debates ago elizabeth warren has gone after bernie sanders uh which they had a friendship pact they were friends i thought we were buddies but the gloves are coming off you you're not winning you're not you you can't amy klobuchar beat you what did she beat you with? By throwing binders at people? Amy, Klobu Amy Klobuchar 
beat Elizabeth Warren in uh, New Hampshire. She came in third. It went, it went Sanders, Buttigieg, Klobuchar. So now Liz is desperate. She's on her heels and she's um, she's throwing out um, super delegates. Is is the thing though? This is from the Hill that we're gonna play and listen to. Look at that! Look look at that ads. Weighed in on this last night in a CNN town hall. She got a question explicitly about superdelegates from one of the audience members. Let's take a listen. During the Nevada debate, you and every other candidate on the stage, except for Bernie, hello somebody, indicated that the candidate with the plurality of delegates should not necessarily be the nominee. Uh This essentially means the will of the voters could be denied by the superdelegates and the DNC, which is basically undemocratic. And in my opinion, is a bunch of baba booey, to put it politely. Baba booey. <laughs> Can you explain why the will of the voters should not matter if no candidate reaches a majority of delegates? So you do know that was Bernie's position in 2016? Not necessarily, no. Yeah. He, Look, he, won, he won 22 states, so, so he went to the, no, the, the convention No, that was for Bernie's voters. position in 2016, that he, it should not go to the person who had a plurality. Okay. So, and remember, his last, his last play was to the superdelegates. So the way I see this is you write the rules before you know where everybody stands, and then you stick with those rules. So for me, Bernie had a big hand in writing these rules. I didn't write them, uh, but Bernie did. When uh, we were putting together, they were putting together the 2016 platform for the Democratic Convention. Those are the rules that he wanted to write and others wanted to write. Everybody got in the race thinking that was the set of rules. I don't see how come you get to change it just because he now thinks there's an advantage to him for doing it. Before we continue with that, I hate to give praise to Elizabeth Warren, but... Uh, there is a lot of these are the rules and and everybody agrees to the rules. You saw this with Julian Castro and Cory Booker that when they had to drop out of the race, they said, uh, oh, the democratic process, it's uh, it's not inclusive. It's not including us. It, it's, uh, you know, it's exclusive of us, despite the fact that both of those guys knew the rules and actually signed on and agreed to the rules. But then you try to change the game uh, in the middle of the contest when you're losing. Or when you lose out, you can't you can't do that. But let's let's continue. Interesting. I mean, what is so disingenuous about that argument is, of course, the Sanders people on the DNC Unity Commission Reform Commission. What they pushed for was to get rid of superdelegates entirely. Right. The compromise position that the DNC hacks forced upon them was keeping the superdelegates on the second ballot. So it's not like Bernie Sanders was like, yay, superdelegates on the (laughs) second ballot, which she knows. It's incredibly disingenuous. The other part of this that's very interesting Mm. doesn't quite jive with some of the things that Elizabeth Warren said in the past about superdelegates. Jordan Ull, a journalist, found these clips of Warren talking about exactly this thing previously. Let's take a listen. Before we continue with that. Elizabeth Warren being disingenuous. How are you surprised by this? She talks about she talked about her Indian heritage so much. Took a DNA test, which didn't validate any of that because I'm more Native American than Elizabeth Warren is. But I don't mark off that I'm Native American on literally anything that I do. But that's beside the point. 
the clips of Elizabeth Warren. I'm a superdelegate, uh, and I don't believe in superdelegates. Uh, I don't think that superdelegates ought to sway the electorate. We're learning today uh, that a new book uh, that is coming out by Donna Brazil, the former acting chair of the Democratic National Committee, that the campaign of Secretary Hillary Clinton was far more influential at the Democratic uh, Party, the Democratic National Committee, than we previously knew. Do you think, though, that what we're learning from Donna Brazile's book suggests that the campaign, that what the Democratic National Committee did, meant this election was rigged? Yeah, I think it was. It's a pretty powerful charge. Well, what we have to focus on now as Democrats is we recognize the process was rigged. And now it is up to Democrats to build a new process, a process that really works and works for everyone. And that as we go forward, we have confidence in the integrity of the system that Democrats, as they run a primary, are going to let the people speak and that we're going to have a candidate who's the candidate chosen by the people. That's uh, that's just some of it. We'll hear this one, too. In most democracies around the world, the person who gets the most votes wins. How about we make America that kind of democracy? Buzzwords. Buzzwords abound. And, and when it's most convenient for you. It's, it's great. Now, as far as um, the allegations here that Bernie Sanders um, was uh, how these how these arguments were a little disingenuous against him. Uh, we have the momentum, and I think a, a lot of the superdelegates are now beginning to look at which Democratic right. candidate is in the best place to defeat Donald Trump. I think some of them are beginning to understand that it's Bernie Sanders. If you do not secure the majority of pledged delegates, do you still believe that superdelegates should switch and back you in essence yeah, rejecting I, the opinion of the voters? If those Superdelegates conclude uh, that Bernie Sanders is the best candidate, the strongest candidate to defeat Trump and anybody else. Yes, I would very much welcome uh, their support. Should the person with the most pledged delegates be the Democratic nominee? Well, I think if that was the only criteria, then you get rid of all of the superdelegates, which may not be a bad idea. But you do have superdelegates. You got 700 superdelegates. And I am not a great fan of superdelegates, but their job is to take an objective look at reality. And I think the reality is that we are the stronger candidates. So those superdelegates who came on board before I was even in the race, you have got the very grave responsibility to make sure that Trump does not get become elected president of the United States. Vote for the strongest candidate. In fact, Hillary Clinton wins the majority of pledged delegates on top of what she's done with superdelegates. Are you going to try to turn them? Yeah, we are. We're on the phone right now. You'd be defying history. You'd be defying the will, hey. of, the will of the voter, right? Hillary <laughs> well, Clinton defying history is what this campaign has been about. I think yeah, that right. the will of the people should okay. prevail. Yes. Uh, First thank you, guys. Most votes should become the nominee. Sorry about that. Like I said, learning. But um, it's one thing to say that, that people can evolve and, and, and really, truly change their opinion. Uh, I think those clips were Bernie Sanders treading lightly. Uh, 2016, you don't want to rattle the cage too much, uh, especially because the rules are set against you. The whole process is set against you. Hillary Clinton's anointed. She's the one. Move along. Uh, so there was a bit of that, um, but there was a bit of pandering and playing to the base, you know. 
uh, how he said he was going to fight on the he said he was going to fight on the the floor of the Democratic convention. And what did he do? They they called his name and he said, "Oh uh, yes, um, my vote goes to uh, Secretary Clinton." Wow, what a fight! What a fight! But you know, it, it's part of the game, part of the game. And then he went to back to being good old independent Bernard Sanders, you know, from from Vermont. And uh, he's but this time he's ran, and every time he's he's ran, he's presented as an independent. He's talked about as an independent. Everybody virtually uh, agrees that he's not a Democrat. He even says he's not a Democrat, but he wants to change the whole Democratic Democratic Party process. And there's some there's some you know fight to be had on that. And that's where that's where it stands right now. What 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 should change in our primary processes for the party? Who gets to set the rules? What's what makes more sense? What's more democratic? What's uh, what, what, you know, what's the best way to pick a candidate? There's a lot of different questions that you can ask for that. And pretty soon, I think I'm going to do up an episode where we looked at, where we're going to look at different options. We're going to look at, uh, you know, ranked choice voting, uh, instant runoff voting, you know, different things because uh, I'm not that libertarian, or rather, I should probably say I'm not that staunch constitutionalist that says uh, we have to keep the electoral college because that way, you know, the, all the states are represented proportionally or whatever. Uh, I don't think you'll ever hear me say direct democracy is a good idea. I don't think you'll ever hear me say that we should switch to a one-for-one uh, flat-out democratic vote. Um, and I can go into the reasons and the different nuances about that in this episode um, that I'm plotting. Uh, and I'd rather do that because if I if I do it now, it'll be a tirade. Uh, but I'm not against change, especially as an independent-minded person, somebody who's uh, uh, somebody who's a member of the Libertarian Party, uh, a party that is uh, the third largest party in the United States, but can't hold legitimate ground in the way that the current system is set up. You're not going to hear me say that we can't talk about looking at things different from the Electoral College. And you're not going to hear me saying that we can't look at other options like instant runoff voting, uh, ranked choice voting, things of that, just to, just to see if it's not a better method. So there you have it. That's the episode for today, guys. I thank you for watching, for those of you who watched. Like I said, this is going to be an evolutionary process. Um including cleaning up the stuff behind me, making it look a little better, uh, working on the lighting, because as you can see right now, it's not sunny as hell. Thanks. Thank you. Now it's cloudy out, and I won't be able to go outside and do anything because it'll be raining or whatever, and I'll complain about that later. Uh, but this will evolve. Um, I had fun doing this episode. This is the first time I really sat down and, and done it like this. Um, I, I like being able to throw up YouTube videos and have, have you have something else to watch. Uh, I think it's fun. Uh, it was fun to have a little intro video. Um, still got to toy around with that, though. Got to refine this stuff and make it look good. Uh, but I had fun doing it. So if you like it, go down below, leave a comment like this, share it with a friend, a buddy, whatever. And then for those of you who want the audio version of the podcast, it's on Apple, it's on Spotify, uh, iTunes. Well, iTunes is Apple. Uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google, uh, SoundCloud, uh, most literally every podcast catcher known to man you can find Fritzcast on. And, whew, 
knock something over. You can find it here on YouTube now, uh, and we'll look at branching it out to other platforms for video and all that. But if you like it, let me know below. Uh, and post your thoughts if you think I'm full of crap. Post it. I don't take things personally. You can say that my opinion is shit. I don't care. Um, I'm cool with it. Do it. All right. I love you guys, and I'll see you guys next week.